Be seated. Thank you. My sisters and brothers, let there be peace among us and let us not be instruments of our own oppression. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Frederick August Washington Bailey was born into slavery in Talbot County, Maryland in 1818. The name Bailey may have been a derivative of his great-grandfather's Islamic name Bailey, a name that was his ancestors from West Africa. Frederick and his wife later changed their name to Douglas at the suggestion of a friend. He was raised by his grandmother Betsy because of her age, she could no longer be productive in the fields, so she was given the task of raising the children and caring for the sick. When he was six years old, he was taken by his master to live in his care. He was fed and cared for by the master's cook, who was not very kind to him. She allowed her children to eat first, often leaving Frederick hungry. Although he was not permitted to read and write, Frederick listened to and observed the master's son, Daniel, during his school lessons, and he began to speak like the tutor. Daniel's older sister became interested in Frederick because he spoke differently from the other children on the plantation. She persuaded her father to send Frederick to live with her husband's brother in Baltimore, where for the first time he was treated like a child with his family. Frederick's new mistress taught him to read the Bible, but when her husband objected, she stopped. However, by that time he was 13 and could read as well as his white friends. He was good at imitating others and learned to speak and hold conversations using the king's English. Later, Frederick met a free slave woman, Anna Murray, to whom he became engaged. Anna helped finance escape, his escape to New York, where she met him and later they were married. While in New York, he spoke at a conference on Independence Day, and he said, what to the American slave is your 4th of July? And he re responded, a day that reveals to him more than all other days of the year, the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is constant victim to him, your celebration is a sham. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. Let white people of the North and South conquer their prejudices. Let the nation try justice and the problem of racism will be solved. At a meeting in Seneca Falls, New York, organized by Lucretia Coffin Mott and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, in which Douglas was an attendee, he rose and said, in respect to political rights, we hold woman to be justly entitled 
to all we claim for man. He made it clear he would stand up for equal rights for everyone. He was an active advocate for the women's right to vote and often spoke to large audiences on behalf of women's suffrage movement, even though Susan B. Anthony refused to support the cause of black male slave suffrage because she feared that it would get the vote before white women. He and Anna traveled to New Bedford, and Douglas found work there as a ship caulker. During their time, they visited a Methodist church, but refused to be a part of the church that made blacks sit in the back and not permitted to take communion until whites had finished. They soon found an AME church and joined where people were in charge. He became a speaker at that church. During that time, he became a renowned orator, abolitionist, and seeker of the truth. Many of his white abolitionist friends found it hard to believe he was a slave and asked him to use, quote unquote, plantation language when he spoke. He met William Coffin, an abolitionist leader, who was so impressed by Douglas that he invited him to speak at an anti-slavery convention in Nantucket. From that time on, he became a paid lecturer for the movement. He spent time in England lecturing, and before returning to America, his freedom was bought by a British woman. Another woman offered to help him start his newspaper, the North Star. And I just must add, Frederick Douglass must have had some rap because he had women doing all kinds of things for him. <laughs> anyway, he and Anna returned to America and settled in New, in New York in the city of Rochester, where he started his newspaper and Anna gave birth to their fifth child. Douglass came into conflict with many abolitionists John Brown and Nat Turner to mention two, who retaliated with violence. He wanted to use the system to further his cause and have their voices and his voice of freedom heard and taken seriously. And I'm going to uh, read a poem written by Langston Hughes that was written in 1935 which exemplifies uh, the life and culture of the time of Frederick Douglass. It also is very implicit and useful for us to pay attention because it reflects our times as well. It's called, Let America Be America Again. Let America be America again. Let it be the dream it is used to be. Let it be the pioneer on the plain, seeking a home where he himself is free. America never was America to me. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamt. Let it be that great strong land where never kings connived nor tyrants schemed, that any man crushed by one above. 
it never was America to me. Oh, let my land be a land where liberty is crowned with no false patriotic wreath, but opportunity is real and life is free. Equality is in the air we breathe. There's never been equality for me, nor freedom in this homeland of the free. Say, who are you that mumbles in the dark? And who are you that draws your veil across the stars? I am the poor white, fooled and pushed apart. I am the Negro bearing slavery scars. I am the red man driven from the land. I am the immigrant clutching the hope I seek and finding only the same old stupid plan of dog-eat-dog, of mighty crush the weak. I am the young man full of strength and hope, tangled in the ancient endless chain of profit, power, gain, of grab the land, of grab the gold, of grab the ways of satisfying need, of work the men, of take the pay, of owning everything for one's own greed. I am the farmer, bondsman to the soil. I am the worker, soul to the machine. I am the Negro, servant to you all. I am the people, humble, hungry, mean. Hungry yet today despite the dream. Beaten yet today, O oh pioneers. I am the man who never got ahead, the poorest worker bartered through the years. Yet, I'm the one who dreamt our basic dream. In the old world, while still a serf of kings, who dreamt a dream so strong, so brave, so true, that even yet its mighty daring sings. In every brick and stone, in every furrow turn, that's made America the land it has become. Oh, I'm the man who sailed those early seas in search of what I meant to be my home. For I'm the one who left dark Ireland's shore and Poland's plain and England's grassy lee. And torn from black Africa's strand I came to build a home of the free. The free? Who said the free? Not me. Surely not me. The millions on relief today, the millions shot down when we strike, the millions who have nothing for our pay, for all the dreams we've dreamed, and all the songs we've sung, and all the hopes we've held, and all the flags we've hung. The millions who have nothing for our pay, except the dream that's almost dead today. Oh, let America be America again, the land that never has been yet, and yet must be the land where every man is free, the land that's mine, the poor.
poor man's, Indians, Negroes, me. Who made America? Whose sweat and blood? Whose faith and pain? Whose hand at the foundry? Whose plow in the rain? Must bring back our mighty dream again. Sure, call me an ugly name you choose. The steel of freedom does not stain. From those who live like leeches on the people's lives, we must take back our land again, America. Oh yes, I say it plain. America never was America to me. And yet I swear this oath, America will be. Out of the rack and ruin of our gangster death, the rape and rot of grass and stealth and lies, we, the people, must redeem the land, the mines, the plants, the rivers, the mountains, and the endless plain. All, all the stretch of these great green states and make America again. As an ongoing reminder in the struggles that continue today, we have work to do in healing racism and any other form of inequality. Douglas also reminded us that we must speak out even when it's uncomfortable, and to do so even when our message is not popular. Doing the work in truth and love is tough stuff because we know the truth, and the truth will what? Set us free.